Hello everybody, my name is Jill Renee Feeler and welcome to this week's message. It's been an interesting summer with some time off and um, really appreciating the time with my family and um, just some alone time and also getting my voice um, in a better, better state of health. So that's been a journey, um, but I've learned a lot in the process and I think it is, I feel, I know. It is, it is getting better, which is great. Okay, so I'm not sure what we're gonna cover today, but um, in general, the reason we do these calls is because I didn't know as human Jill what was possible in terms of the level of, I wanna say innate wisdom that's available to us and our humanness. And some of you that are new here are like, what is she talking about? Yeah, just. Hang with me just for a second, because it, it may blow your mind like it blew my mind. I thought that as humans, the only thing we had access to was what we had learned or, or the small amount of instincts that we have as, as human beings, as a, as a race of species, a species called humanity. So what I then kind of stumbled across, I wasn't seeking, I wasn't searching, I wasn't looking, I wasn't asking the you know, the existential questions about the meaning of life or anything like that. Um, what happened for me was that I stumbled across the fact that, that I, for whatever reason, have access to wisdom that is beyond, I call it my Jill. I have access to teachings and truths and insights and awareness, recommendations, suggestions, um, answers even that are something I never have known as Jill was not raised with do not know anything about um, but when I hear it I'm like oh my god that's like that's really cool and I do want to point out for those of you that are new I'm um, my level of interest in sophisticated things and teachings and things that make sense and are logical and rational and intellectual even is quite high and I feel like some that don't know me and maybe I'm just talking to the trolls on YouTube and why would I even spend time doing that but okay here we go anyway um, my background I actually have an MBA and I was in corporate um, at Hewlett Packard for several years and then did very well there and then I was working for a smaller company um, also in tech and um, I mean, I'm, I'm not the smartest person you'll meet, but I'm definitely not the dumbest person you'll meet. I'm very educated. Um, I have a great life in a lot of ways. So why would I be doing something like this? Because it's amazing. <sighs> it's absolutely amazing what, what is available to humanity. And I know I'm not the only one that has these inner knowings of, of um, insights that humanity needs right now. We're, I don't think we're on the brink of disaster. It's not kind of shown to me that way. But we're struggling. We're not doing as well as you'd think we could be given, you know, how we're wired and how we're naturally built and all these things. Um, so we're kind of floundering in ways that are unnecessary. Okay, so we need, I feel, more of this sort of divine inspiration. And does that have to be religious and organized religion? In my case, obviously not. Um, I don't follow a doctrine. So all the information that I get tends to be of a sort of philosophical nature in a lot of cases. Um, it, it does remind me, and I'm not trying to be boastful here, but because it's not about me, but for some reason what I have access to tends to feel um, philosophical. It tends to feel almost like Socratic in a lot of ways. 
um, but I'm not like muddling my brain over it. It's just like a flow of energy, a flow of like a river that's just sort of flowing in my energy field that I have access to. So, I mean, to not share kind of what I'm getting would to me actually feel irresponsible. It would feel, I mean, but I can't explain to you how I have access to it any other way than, you know, when you have just those great ideas and nobody handed them to you, you didn't read about this great idea, you just have a great idea, an epiphany. That is very similar to what I'm describing that, that I have access to and that I tap into. Um, I offer these weekly podcasts and they haven't been weekly over the summer. <laughs> and it's like, sorry, not sorry. Um, but the reason I do this is because I want it to make a difference in the world. And I, I hear enough times that it has made a difference for people that it gives me pleasure in sharing with you if this is going to make your life better so that you can be a better person and the ripple effect that that has on everyone you know and even strangers that you don't know oh yeah i'll make an hour out of my week uh it's longer than that because then i've got minimal editing just because my skills are so low and uh, i'm not a video person um i don't know about the video editing stuff but i kind of hack my way in to get things done um, but it's worth it. It's worth it to me because I already know the difference it makes in people's lives. <sighs> okay, <laughs> so here we go. Um, so I don't know what we're going to be talking about today. I don't read from a script. I don't do research ahead of time. Um, my job as Jill is to get myself, you know, in the in the situation of, of okay, let's see what we've got for for this beautiful world today, and that's how I do it. So, anyway, here we go. <laughs> Okay, so I just encourage you to relax your body and even relax your mind. Those of you that have minds that love to think that you have everything all figured out, um, maybe we'll surprise you today. I think it would be my goal to surprise you because I have a brain like that and it's fun to be surprised. It's fun to show your brain that it doesn't have everything figured out, that there's more going on than your brain and what it has access to and what it knows. Yeah. <laughs> There's more, more knowing than what you know. <laughs> That's fun to look at it that way. <sighs> okay. And I'm just relaxing my throat here. Hmm. Relaxing my shoulders. You may want to close your eyes. <sighs> just let your body relax. Okay, good job. Hmm. Feel your... Feel yourself in your feet. Feel that you are all the way in your bodysuit. Okay, good. Feel yourself in your hands. <sighs> Just allow yourself to be with your body, to be with your humanness. Okay. It's okay if you have no idea what I'm talking about. It's all right. Just, just do it. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, so what we're going to be talking about today, there's a very common thing that we hear, and now I'm saying we because I'm referencing the part of me that is beyond my human gel. Uh, yeah. Um, what we hear very commonly is that people feel stuck. They feel like they can't move forward or don't know how to move forward or don't know what to move forward into. So the message today will be primarily or at least starting off oriented towards that. Okay, very good. All right, here we go. Mm. Mm. 
we'd like to start off by saying that you, you're not as stuck as you think you are. Just because you don't know how to move forward doesn't mean you can't move forward. And that's a very important distinction. Some of you feel stuck because you're sort of waiting for clarity on what to do when you move forward, but progress tends to not look that way. Um, the part of you that is possibly insecure about your success, if you move forward into something that you've never done before that you don't know, part of you is triggered by the insecurity of other people doing things really, really well, and you possibly wanting to be at least as good as they are at that same thing or even better. So naturally, there's some insecurity about what if I can't do it? What if I'm not as good as they are? What if I look like a fool? It's all these, you know, normal parts of, of humanness that talk you out of moving forward, right? And that's where a lot of you are feeling stuck, is that you're talking yourself out of moving forward. But if you actually were able to look back on your life and areas that you've where you've been in situations like this before where you didn't guarantee there was no guarantee of success, you didn't know what was going to happen when you did move forward. If you were able to look at your life at how many times you've done that and how many times you've felt good about taking a chance, how many times you felt amazing actually at the results and even surprised yourself at maybe a natural gift that you have. If you could see that the way that we can see that, you would feel more confident and you'd be less stuck. Some of you, as you get older, you are actually more afraid to make a mistake because there's the sense of feeling like you'll lose what you've earned if you fail at something. But that's actually very rarely, very, very rarely the case. Um, and the reward for taking risks um, can be very high on a, even a community sort of level. It can also just be very personally beneficial. Um, when, you f when you notice that there's a risk and you do it anyway, there is a sense of accomplishment, there's a sense of responsibility, and it's the quickest kind of remedy for um, getting unstuck in your life, okay? There's also a lot of things that you've sort of decided that you can't fix. Um, that are just like the way you are, or, oh, this is just the way it's supposed to be. Um, and we'd really encourage you to further examine those areas because they're not, any of those problems are not as uh, rigid, as fixed, as um, unfixable as you think they are. So some of you have settled into <sighs> some of the things that you want to change the most you've given up on. And that's, that's sad, right? There's a sense of defeat. There's a sense of lack of hope. There's a sense of, I'll, I'll never fix this. Um, so let's just, just feel, allow yourself to feel that sense of um, possible defeat, possible sadness, possible disappointment in yourself or disappointment in another, another person if another, if another being is involved in, in your, your plan that's been uh, squashed or foiled. Okay. Mm. Mm. For some of you, I can actually feel that in my gut. There's a sense of almost like nauseous sort of, I want to throw up when I think about that. Just observe that some of you have not wanted to think about that. You've not wanted to go into that place of disappointment. 
So some of these um, shelved dreams, we're going to call them, have been shelved and they may not actually ever happen the way that you want them to happen. So let's also allow ourselves to be sad about that. Um, by the way, the part of you that's sad needs a hug and the best person to give yourself that hug is actually you. Okay, just a little tip there. Okay. So watch for the part of you that is sad, um, that feels maybe childlike, that needs an embrace and a hug and what the best parent would do um, to somebody that you know they've tried and failed you know what would you say sorry it didn't work out this time um you may say you know we'll try it again another way um you've got this this doesn't mean you're a failure at life this doesn't mean you're a horrible person it just means that that didn't go the way that you wanted it to it doesn't have to be as um tragic as you're currently looking at this it isn't as bad as you think it is okay I love you, right? <sighs> okay, very good. Good job with that. All right, so we're going to go deeper into this idea of these shelf dreams because some of them do belong on the shelf. Some of them um, were great ideas that just, for a, a litany of possibilities, they're just possibly not happening for you in this life. And again, that, that doesn't mean you're a failure. That doesn't mean that was a silly, stupid dream. It's a great dream, maybe. Um, but your sense of personal, uh, you know, your soul's purpose in this life probably doesn't hinge on that as much as you think it does. But there's a part of you, especially if you're stubborn, that you just want it. But I want it to happen. Well, it's not happening so far, and you're still putting one foot in front of the other every day. So obviously there's another part of you that's functioning and, and getting through life. Um, so maybe just let that shelved dream be something that you wish would happen and maybe it will, but you're not going to, you know, bet all your coins on it. Okay. <sighs> nice job. Okay. Now, some of those dreams that are shelved, you've given up on too early or the information that you had at the time wasn't a recipe for success. Um, a very common one with this and Jill knows it herself is, um, middle aged women feeling I it's so funny because I'm just noticing as human Jill I don't want to say this word but they're saying they keep repeating it like no that is that is the word we're encouraging you to say so I'm going to say it and then I'll apologize later if I have to okay um, but there's a lot of middle-aged women that are starting or maybe they always felt very unattractive um, their bodies aren't operating the way that they were in the 20s and 30s they may have gone through menopause or premenopausal or whatever um, this is a real problem and this the lack of answers that are available to to this huge group of, of humanity and even probably a, a good portion of, of this audience um, is unacceptable it's unacceptable that 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 you haven't gotten the answers that you deserve to have that dream again of living that dream of enjoying your body liking yourself, liking what you see in the mirror every day, um, liking what is so beautiful about you, even if it's different than it was 10 or 20 years ago or 30 years ago or even 50 years ago, depending on your age, right? It's so unfortunate and in our view tragic that <laughs> it's funny how Jill's getting emotional with this. It's just, it is just so sad. 
Oh, because for so much of our life, our appearance and, and I'm, I'm speaking here as Jill, our appearance and how we felt in our bodies was such a, um, I don't want to say a big part of our lives, but it was an, an important part, a relevant part of our identity. And I see this so often, even as I'm just walking around as Jill, these couples where there's this man that, I mean, I'm, I'm of the belief that a lot of men, especially if they, they are taking them, care of themselves and their body is responding in a way that is working with that, that man's system, I think men actually get more attractive as they get older. And women with our hormones and the changes that we go through after we're, after we're done producing the possibility of, of having children, right? It's hard. It is really, really hard. I know from my own experience, and I'm postmenopausal at 48 years old. So, um, but I refuse to give up. And what I learned in my refusal, I refuse to shelf that dream that I could feel to myself attractive. Um, I refuse to just like, well, this is this is the this is the beginning of the end of of Jill feeling like a, a, a not horribly ugly person, right? Um, I, I refused to give up. So what I ended up finding were a lot of total, I don't want to know, I don't know if they're lies or myths, truths, but there's a lot of effed up information out there about even how, um, how humans lose weight and all of these things. Um, it's very frustrating to me that what I now know works isn't common knowledge. And I'm frustrated by that because it matters. So sorry, going back to the story, it is so common that I see these um, retirement age sort of couples where the man has, you know, he doesn't have a pot belly, you know, he's got a fairly decent physique, may not be maybe working at that may not be. And then there's this woman. And in my sense, she looks like she's given up. I'm guessing she didn't look like like that she's really changed her appearance and just like let's just let's just keep it maintenance free and she may even feel more like a man and less like a woman again because of the hormones you guys um that that biologically i mean the physiological changes of menopause they suck they're hard um, and you can lose that sense of yourself, but it doesn't have to be that way. So I'm not trying to project in terms of she's not attractive. I'm just going based on I want everyone to feel their best. And my sense, and I'm pretty good at sensing what other people are thinking, my sense is she doesn't feel as good as she wants to. That's what I'm talking about, okay? It doesn't matter whether I think somebody's attractive or not. But the guys in these very standard situations, they seem like, yep, I'm good. Um, and I just feel like the woman's like, I, what? <laughs> what are you asking me if I feel good about myself? I don't even ask that anymore, right? So the pear-shaped body, you know, all of these things just really start to accumulate over time. And I don't want it to be that way. I didn't want it to be that way for me. And I want other people to have answers. And then, of course, yesterday I was in the grocery store. And there it, I, it looked like an elderly mother with her um, 60 plus year old daughter doing some grocery shopping. And I had just grabbed the whole milk, um, whole organic milk, grass fed cows, milk for my, for my family, which mainly my daughters drink. Um, I don't drink milk really ever. Hang on. I need a drink here. Oh. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised we're going here, but it's such a great example. Okay. Good. Okay. <laughs> 
but this um, this beautiful group, this beautiful pair of women helping each other out, um, she said to the one, I think she was with a walker, she said, so do you get skim or 1%? And I just was like, oh my God, part of me so badly wants to say, you need the fat, you need the healthy fat, please don't do skim. Because I, I bet you anything, the reason they're doing skim is to, to not gain weight. They think that skim milk makes you skinny. How did it get to the point that we've told ourselves so many lies? I, I don't even know where to begin in terms of the level of deception and misinformation and craziness that has gotten us into the situation that, we, that we're in right now, where we don't even know how to be good to ourselves. It's, uh, yes, I'm mad about it. But if any of you are stuck in anything, just use this as an example. What the so-called experts are telling you you need to be, to, you know, to live that dream or you know, accomplish that goal, they may be giving you completely wrong information and they may be the experts. What the fudge is going on on earth, right? Yeah, exactly. Remember I talked about the floundering, right? Yeah, this is a perfect example of that. So I don't want this to be about, this isn't a weight loss call, right? Um, but it's an example of misinformation and how there are some dreams that you've, you've attacked it, you've dedicated your energy and your time and your, your heart and soul into something, but you had the wrong information and that may have been why you didn't succeed. What if with the right information you get amazing results? Quick, right? When I first realized that eating fats was healthy, healthy fats, right? Whole fat milk, even raw milk is even better. Um, from what I've learned um, that, I mean, there was a point at 46 when I was already postmenopausal that I got in the best physical shape, uh, not of my life, but definitely of the, the since 27 years old on. Um, I couldn't believe how lean and trim and how, what little effort I had to put into either Pilates reformer or boxing classes or something, maybe four hours a week. No cardio, guys no cardio. I was not eating low fat. I was eating high fat. And I had dialed down those carbs to a really probably 20 grams or less a day of carbs, which includes sugars, right? And I didn't even think I was capable of, of withholding carbs from myself, but I wasn't limiting calories. I was eating as much as I wanted. But with that balance of it being healthy fats, um, I was eating a lot of meat, which I know some of you don't eat meat, and that's a personal choice, right? But for me, that was, it, it worked. And I never, ever in a million years would have thought that that would work. So I got myself unstuck. And I'm still happy that I know that formula um, for success, and I'm mad that other people don't have it, but I get it. There are examples of things that we thought, well, I guess, you know, there's that moment where you just say, I guess... I guess this is it. I guess I'm never accomplishing that dream. But if you open your mind, there's that mind again, right? And if you detach yourself from the so-called experts and do your own exploration and maybe be open to your own divine inspiration of curiosity, what if, hmm, what if by restricting calories, my body is actually shutting down to a point that I could, I could eat hardly anything and not lose weight? What if I hardly eat anything and I'm still gaining weight? What if that recipe that eat less, weigh less 
is wrong? What if that's a flawed equation? What if it works for some people or initially, but then stops working? That's definitely my truth now, now that I know better, right? So there are so many areas that we get stuck in. I'll never have that. I can't have that. This, you know, the, what's worked for everybody else doesn't work for me. Well, then create your own experiment, guys. Try something radically different. Do some research. Look at, um, listen to, you know, podcasts or YouTube videos or whatever that will help you look at things from a different angle that those, the mainstream or so-called experts wouldn't point out to you. They don't even, they may not even know they exist, right? Now, I'll warn you, (laughs) and I think you already know this, um, if you're already listening to a message like this, that there, once you go out of the mainstream, there's natural ridicule that happens. (sighs) And I I mean, my best advice there is just develop a thick skin about how you want to handle that. Because there are people that are going to be concerned about you. Um, There are people that are going to think you're nuts and crazy and all those things. But if you start to make progress on that goal, if you start to achieve the results that you want, if you're starting to actually achieve the dream that you wanted, then who's crazy? Not you. Not you at all. And what works for 90% of the population, maybe you are a 10%er in that regard. Maybe what works for everybody else doesn't work for you. So that's not a reason to shelf your dream. That's a reason to go at it another way. And put your, you know, put your brain and heart and soul into being creative about another way to go at it. And then also being realistic that, I mean, if part of your dream is even to you a little far-fetched, then don't do it. I mean, I don't have a dream of, um, I mean, for example, I'm, I'm 5'10". So if I was like, gosh, I really wish I was 5'2". I mean, I, I don't understand dreams like that, <laughs> that are trying to um, change shape and form in a way that uh, so far in our current history has become like, well, that doesn't happen every day. Um, that's not even a 10% issue. That's like a 0.0001% issue, right? Um, so, I mean, be, I mean, have somebody around you that can, I mean, help you see, like, is this a dream that's even worth going after? Um, okay. All right. Let's relax our shoulders right here because I want to go deeper into this ah, issue of being stuck now that we've covered that very classic example. And it's just one, right? Never give up on yourself, though. As long as you're alive, please try to be your best self. Just because you're aging or just because you're this or just because you're that, there's a whole bunch of um, less than fortunate situations we find ourselves in. And that doesn't have to be an excuse for giving up on you being your best. And I feel like that's part of what makes living um, fun, joyful, Um, exciting and very, very unstuck (laughs) is when we keep wondering, I wonder what an even better version of me could be. I think that's a wonderful, personally, I think that's a wonderful way to live. And by the way, that puts me quite at odds with a lot of law of attraction teachings. Um, And I'm okay with that. So whatever works for you, do that, right? Okay, so let's go deeper into the uh, sort of cosmic nature of getting stuck. Okay, so we already covered that you're not as stuck as you may think you are. I like that. Okay. Oh, okay. 
in some areas where you have gotten stuck, it can be helpful to focus your attention on something else where you already feel some momentum, some progress, where it feels like things are kind of moving in your favor and that that's sort of like the universe is working with you, not against you. Um, that's a great way to feel unstuck. So again, those of you that are stubborn, that feel like, no, I want that thing. If I don't have this dream, if I don't have this goal, then I don't want to do anything else you know, for personal improvement or whatever. Um, enjoying my life, enjoying my human ride, enjoying my humanness, enjoying my relationships, enjoying my life in general. Um, but some of you that are sort of, um, again, it's just stubborn about, I know I have to have this first. And if, if things aren't, aren't progressing, then set it down and do something else that, that you want to get moving in a forward motion, forward momentum motion. That was funny. Forward motion. <laughs> I just have to laugh at myself right there. <laughs> Mimotion. It's like mimosa. Oh God, that's it's <laughs> good. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. Ah, okay. <laughs> All right. So if you can't laugh at your own mistakes, then you're missing out on a lot of humor. If you, if you make mistakes as often as I do anyway. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I'm getting the giggles here. That's just funny. Okay. So this option that you have for switching into another, another mode of, well, maybe I, maybe I could tackle this today. Maybe I could get this job done. Maybe I could make more progress in this area that sometimes by switching gears, it's actually, again, helping you feel unstuck because you're not stuck in every area of your life. You're just stuck on maybe the one that you, <laughs> that you want the most, right? But that's a very easy recipe for depriving you of the joy is when you are basing your sense of worth, value, achievement, um, kick-assness on one thing and that one thing going your way. You may not have the insight about why that dream is not happening for you until after you're done until after your, your humanness is over, you've died, you're in the afterlife, etc. And then it's like, oh, that's why that didn't happen. Oh, God, I wish I would have known that, right? By the way, that's one of my favorite things about private sessions is pointing out things like that so that we can not have to wait till we die to have those insights. Oh, there's so much information and support and love and encouragement and savvy uh, strategies available to us here while we're alive, when it matters most. Okay, very good. All right. Okay, so the other important um, layer here is the part of you that spirals when you are feeling stuck. Yeah, we're going to go right there. So the part of you that almost obsesses about just, oh my God, I'm not, I'm not moving forward. Like I was moving, I was moving in what felt like a forward motion or an upward, upward, you know, up, you know, uh, improvement trend, up, uptrend, uptick for so long. And now, now I'm not moving anywhere. What am I doing wrong? What's wrong? Um, the part of you that panics when you feel stuck, that part of you needs a hug. Okay. Cause you may not be stuck at all. What if you're just taking a rest for, for, for Christ's sake, right? That part of you may just need a hug that, that you're not failing because you're not moving forward. At least you're not moving backward. Okay, 
So giving yourself in your own energy field, this ball of energy that, that you operate in as your humanness, giving yourself the support to talk yourself out of that downward spiral. You're the closest one at hand, so there's that advantage of having you be the one that does that. Also, some of you are really expert at spiraling downward. You're just, you, you have a great knack at, oh no, and the feeling of just going down a tube into this abyss, right? So those of you that feel un unfortunately gifted at that, you're going to want to have that, um, I want to say that self-talk, that self that self-love, that self-hug when you need it most, which is before you slide, right? And after you've slid at any point along the way where you realize, oh my God, I, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm doing that thing I do that never goes well that I need to pull myself out of, right? Because you can. But the part of you that's sliding feels helpless and hopeless. And that part of you needs a lot of love. So if you don't feel like you have that source within you, if it were me, I'd be praying for it. Please, dear God, give me the love for myself that I currently, for some reason, don't have access to. Because I need help. I need you. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Next chapter <laughs> here. There are some of you that have become amazing at excuses and the entire level of effort for achieving the dream is all in is all on a cerebral level. It's a lot of talk and very little action, right? So one way to get unstuck from that pattern is to take action on anything that is on your to-do list. Absolutely anything. Go for something super easy. Um, to start getting that action-oriented momentum going in terms of that's how, that's how dreams are really achieved is through action as well as vision. Humans are not short of vision at all. Humans are significantly deficient in action on those dreams. And you know exactly what I'm talking about, don't you? Okay, <laughs> so um, we can laugh at ourselves because it's like, okay, I've been talking about this forever. And am I going to do it? Or am I not going to do it? Like, let's just, you know, like, let's get serious with ourselves. Let's, let's be very real and self reflective about okay, and stop, you know, don't just stay here, start actually like, taking steps and, you know, dismantling yourself from the dream, detaching from the dream of, okay, I'm just not going to do that. And another classic example for this one is the book. Oh my God, I hear so many times in our work with you, with, with beautiful beings like you, well, I've been told I'm supposed to write a book, or um, apparently I'm going to write a book, or I should write a book, or I want to write a book. You guys either do it or don't do it right? It's, it's, almost, it's almost like as your sister in this reality, I just want to say, please stop talking about it, right? Um, either do it or don't do it. Just, it's, it's not that hard. It doesn't, it's, <laughs> um, and by the way, for those of you that have been told, I'm supposed to write a book, says who? Aren't, who is the authority over your life in this case? You or somebody else that told you something? Yeah? Do you want to write a book? 
Or do you not want to write a book? It's not, it's not easy, right? I've done two. Um, there are easier ways to do it and harder ways to do it, right? Um, but I mean, get real or stop talking about it, right? Take yourself seriously enough to be honest about whether you're going to do it or not do it. And then move on. I mean, if you decide, oh, maybe I won't get that done in this lifetime. I promise you, your higher self is not crying about that. Your higher self is like, no, she's, she or he has given up the one, the one task I gave them. Oh my God, what am I supposed to do with this human, right? I promise you that's not the reaction that your higher self is saying. And in many of your cases, I actually sense your higher self will celebrate if you free yourself from the burden of the idea that you have to write a book or that you're supposed to write a book or that they want you to write a book, right? You get to decide, do you want to write a book or do you not want to write a book? And if you say, you know what, it sounds like a lot of work and I don't even know if it will even make the difference that I, that I wish it would, um, whether it you know, makes money for you or it makes you, um, you know, like a public figure on some, you know, some stage or some scene of a group that matters to you or in this world in general. There's a lot of people that have actually written the book and it didn't have nearly the effect they thought it would um, on the world or on their credibility or on their, you know, invites to speak or things like that. I can put myself, by the way, in that category. I, I definitely thought, oh my God, this book is going to like, ah. <gasps> You know, it's going to be the big thing that makes, makes things happen and makes, you know, allows me to reach more people with, with what I'm sharing. Wah, wah. Not at all. <laughs> Didn't have that happen. And for those of you that have bought my first two books, I appreciate you. And I hope it did make a positive difference in your life. And I'm, I'm glad I did it for that. But it didn't have the huge outcome that I, that I, on some level of me, hoped it would. And okay, <laughs> didn't stop me, right? I didn't let that make me feel stuck. I just kept doing these other things where I get, I want to say better feedback, um, whether it's the iTunes podcasts or YouTube or the telesummits or that I say yes to, you know, whatever. Okay. All right. So just this idea that you don't have to do some of the things that you've been telling yourself you have to do. And in many cases, your higher self may celebrate you giving yourself that authority over whether you want to accomplish that goal or not. Because you would be very surprised at how much energy you've been allocating to even holding space for that dream being realized. Okay. Okay, lots of pragmatic tips here today. And here comes another one. Your dream should not have to be expensive. Your dream should not have to cost you your life savings. Your dream should not have to put you into bankruptcy. Your dream should not have to um, deprive you of other ways of enjoying the income that you have or the income that you could have if maybe you focused more on <laughs> the action <laughs> versus the talking. Okay. Um, it does break my heart. There's another heartbreaker for Jill is when I hear that somebody has dedicated a huge amount of finances towards something. I actually recently knew of somebody that was paying $5,000 a month, I think they said, for some sort of coaching related to their spiritual enlightenment or their becoming um, a channel or something like that. And I was like, $5,000 a month? That's, I mean, 
that's that's a trip that's a full paid trip to europe <laughs> that's a mary magdalene trip including your airfare every month my god i mean like what what we do the, yeah, let me put it this way the decisions we make sometimes because we feel like it has a guaranteed outcome or that it will definitely be the path forward for something that matters to us um but isn't it wiser to consider those possibilities a little bit longer before you actually get out your wallet to say yes Okay, and then actually watch for the results, the outcome that you're getting um, to determine whether you want to keep going forward with something that is costing a lot of money to you. Okay. Yeah, very interesting. Okay. Mm. <laughs> we could go in a lot of different directions to that uh, regarding how some of us look at money and that, oh, well, it'll, it'll just, it'll come back. Every, every dollar you spend comes back. <laughs> if that's working for you, I want to be you because <laughs> I work hard uh, for my money and my husband works very hard uh, for the for the money that he earns. So so maybe I'm doing something wrong and you've got some magic magic uh, sauce there that I don't know about. But yay you <laughs> if that's working for you. It doesn't work that way for me. and I don't feel like it works that way for most, most of us. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Okay, that's interesting. Samson is laying behind me and he's having a dream. He's kind of doing this groany thing. He sounds like a whale. <laughs> okay, um, let me see what else. That actually feels good in terms of the, the stuck part. But okay, so one little summary thing that feels good. If, I mean, if you've been trying something that hasn't been working, then stop. <laughs> reflect and possibly att uh, attack it another way or just set it aside for a while, right? But isn't that the definition of insanity? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result. And the funny thing is I've actually heard some of you, <laughs> well, some of our audience here, I've actually heard some, I've heard, I've heard at times somebody make that quote, but yet they're doing it in their own life. Just, it's almost like it just, they keep running at that wall saying, okay, I want the, I want to, I want to be this, or I want to be able to do that, or I want this part of my life. And they just keep running at that same wall, the same exact way. And they keep hitting it and keep going, oh, that hurts. I, okay. I still don't have what I want. Right. So it, it doesn't make sense to keep trying it the same way. And again, going back to my example with the, um, with the postmenopausal hormonal changes and weight loss and my body changing so much, I am so glad that I realized as quickly as I did that the attempts I used to make for, you know, slimming down and things like that, they just weren't working. So I was, I was sane enough to say, okay, so that's not working. And I was also, I, I think this was also a benefit to me. I wasn't overly concerned with why. Why doesn't it work anymore? I'm not, I'm not as into the why as some other people are. I just want the outcome in a, in a rational, okay, let me, let me experiment with this sort of way. Um, yeah, so I don't preoccupy myself with, well, why doesn't that work? I kind of don't care why it doesn't work as much as I care about the fact that it's not working. So I just stop thinking about it. And I just move on, move on to the next experiment of, of, well, maybe this would work or who's, you know, who else does things differently and what's working for them. And by the way, that's when I stumbled across ketosis. 
ketosis, K-E-T-O-S-I-S, bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. I just rolled that right off the tongue, didn't I? Um, so progesterone um, cream um, that, yeah, anyway, from a compounding pharmacy. There, none of these things, my, my normal uh, gynecologist knew, or I don't even know if he knows about them. I love my gynecologist. He's a, a wonderful person, um, but he couldn't get me to my goal. So I don't see him anymore, <laughs> but I have the outcome I want. I have the outcome I deserve, and I want you to have the outcome you deserve, whatever that is. We don't always get um, what we want. We don't always get what we deserve. But when we do, and we can celebrate that and help others along the way and encourage them to hit that, hit that problem another direction, um, maybe don't give up so soon and stop talking about it and actually start doing something about it. Believe in you enough to give yourself another chance at this. Be honest with yourself, have the self-awareness, have the, the logic involved at some level of you to be reasonable. While also staying dreamy. It's a very special part of who you are. Okay, very good. All right, I'm gonna open up the chat room for those of you that are live to see if there's anything um, specific that you wanna ask. I don't wanna do personal readings here. Um, but if there are specific questions that you have regarding what we talked about um, or anything you want to add to it, I, I'm always open to that. Well, not a, <laughs> my team just said not always true, <laughs> not always <laughs> being honest there. Um, and while you guys potentially in the room are um, chatting in your questions, and of course you can't if you're on the phone, but for those of you that are on via the internet on your computers or phones, um, while you're doing that, I'll mention some announcements. The France trip is coming up September, I think it's 24th, might be 26th. I'm going in a couple days early. That one, we still have two spots left. And some of you actually, I, I always assume that everyone knows what I know because I always feel a little bit behind. Well, I tend to feel a little bit behind because I, I haven't read as much as some of you have read and I, there's a lot of things you know that I don't know. Um, but some... I, I'm imagining didn't know that Mary Magdalene actually lived in France for quite a while. Um, yeah, she's saying decades <laughs> um, after she left uh, the Middle East, after she left, after Jesus had died. For some time she was still there and then eventually she made her way to France. So we go on a Mary Magdalene tour. I've done it once before. I love it. I love it. And we have some new spots on the itinerary this time that we didn't go on before. Um, that are not necessarily related to Mary Magdalene, but are very, very special uh, places where uh, if you are open to energy and you um, are outside of your mind enough, you can have an amazing experience of, oh my God, this place feels special. There's one place, the Dolmens, that actually um, has a look of like Stonehenge, um, but without the tour buses. In fact, we were the only ones that were there. And I'm guessing it's kind of a hidden gem um, in that area of France, it's near, I think we did that the same day that we did Minerve, um, the snail city where the Cathars um, actually walked into their own fiery deaths rather than um, devote themselves to the church at that time. They were adamantly opposed to uh, the church and what the church was requiring of them in terms of their beliefs and their philosophies, so they said no. Um, to the point that they walked into the church or walked into the fire 
oh my God, that was funny. Um, walked into the fire rather than, um, yeah, interesting, isn't it? <sighs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, so the France trip, I've got two spots left. And the Egypt and Petra Jordan trip, um, I, I don't know why <laughs> this trip has been, it's taken so long to get together, but I asked, you know, I had everything from the um, travel agency that I'm working with and I was like, okay, we need to add this, we need to add this, you know, I have a question about this um, and I think I had 10 questions and it's been six days, so I'll call her again today, but sometimes you know you think it's going to be really easy to put something together and then it's not so um but i keep you know i've asked my team more than once but i am going right and they're like oh yeah you're going <laughs> i'm like okay <laughs> so i'm not shelving that dream um i it's requiring some patience which is not my forte and um anyway so the dates on that by the way for some of you that are considering going let me grab that really quick the dates are set though. It's January 16th through January 27th of 2019. So that's 12 nights. All right. Okay. And I do have a, a list of folks that are uh, curious and interested in that. So I'll send that information directly to them as soon as I have it. And then of course, I'll include it on my social media pages and in the newsletter so that you can consider it. Okay. But there's not even a page on my website yet because I don't have the details for you yet to sign anybody up. All right, what else is going on? Ah, thank you. Uh, tonight, I have an encore replay of the conversation that John Burgos and I did um, just a few weeks ago. I think it was mid-July. Anyway, oh, I love that conversation. There were so many um, just really rock star sort of uh, elements that came through from, from John and from myself, and it was really, really fun. So I encourage you to check that out. Um, let's see, how would you find that out? Cause I don't have the link in my head, but if you go to my website, jillreneefeeler.com and look at events, um, you'll get the link there. Or if you're already getting emails from beyond the ordinary, the link should be there as well. Okay. Yeah. My team is just saying, do you want to talk about telesummits? Um, I could, I, I only do about two or three telesummits. Um, and the main one that I say yes to is beyond the ordinary. John and I have a, a very uh, complimentary chemistry. Um, I consider him a soul brother and I love that experience. I like their setup. I love the audience there. I've actually met and feel, feel very blessed to have met a lot of you from that, um, from that telesummit. And I get a lot of other telesummit offers that I say no to. Um, because sometimes they're just not fun. Um, if there's some telesummits that you think I should be on that I may have said no to, send me an email. Some of you are, are much more savvy. Well, it doesn't take much to be more savvy than me about telesummits because I just, I, I, I don't know a lot about it other than the ones that I've been on because um, I don't listen to them, right? That's not, that's not my, the way I do me. Um, so some of you, if you feel like, oh my God, you'd, you'd really, you'd fit in perfectly on this one. I think you'd like that host. Send me an email or send me a, a private message if we're friends on Facebook, etc. I value your opinion. Um, and, and maybe I'd consider saying yes to something that I previously said no to. Um, yeah, yeah. But I'm not hungry to get on Nutella Summits. I feel very satisfied <laughs> with sort of where things are right now. Um, what else? The, oh yeah, we've got the upcoming call on October 25th 
um, there is a live call specially dedicated to those that are doing the 10 sovereignty keys and I love the questions that are coming in so I'm very excited about that phone call that we'll have related to that series the 10 sovereignty keys and if you're curious about checking that out reading some of the testimonials from those that are having amazing breakthrough experiences um, just do maybe a google search of Jill Renee Feeler 10 sovereignty keys and I'm sure you'll get um, a result either on my page or on Beyond the Ordinary where I'm offering it through to check that out yourself, okay? Um, one person actually said, and I, I know her because she has done some of my classes before in private sessions. She said, I wish I had known all of this before. So I could sense her gratitude about knowing it now. And some of them I know she had figured out herself. Um, but she said, this could have saved me years and, <laughs> you know, a lot of frustration, a lot of money, perhaps, um, had I known these things. We get very, very blunt in the 10 sovereignty keys. There's a level of kind of raw honesty there um, that so far is going over well. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't heard anything negative uh, from anyone about you're just like, this is like cold, hard truths hurt my soul, <laughs> right? They actually don't hurt your soul. They free your soul, <laughs> you guys. That's what I know. <laughs> Alrighty, so any chat room conversations you guys wanna have before we wrap up? Otherwise, I feel like we're at a nice close here. I love you guys so much. Thank you. And if for any of you that had been feeling stuck, I hope that you feel unstuck or inspired to get unstuck or you felt the, the claws of being stuck slowly kind of releasing from you so that you can move forward in a way that feels good to you, that you deserve. We all deserve great things in this life and this reality is not good. It's horrible at fairly allocating what we deserve. It just, Earth just isn't wired that way. And some of you are saying why, and I'm saying, does it matter? <laughs> okay, it is what it is in some case. And um, spending our energy focusing on what does work for each of us individually feels to me more productive than endless philosoph you know, philosophical or theoso theosophical, I think that's a word, should be if it isn't, um, sort of ruminations about, um, well, why is it the way it is? I, I'm so much more outcome and action based than, than rationalization based. So it works for me. Maybe it'll work for you. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I love you so much. My website is jillreneefeeler.com, J-A-L-L-R-E-N-E-E, -E -E, F as in Frank, E-E-L-E-R.com. And uh, thank you if you like this for giving it a thumbs up or hitting like or sharing or commenting or subscribing. All of those things help the algorithms um, and all the social media places where I share this. Um, for those of you that love YouTube, I'm glad to be on YouTube for you. For those of you that are more like me and consume what you enjoy on podcasts, I'm also on iTunes. And I think that, uh, I think that podcast is available in other formats too. Uh, but I don't know. <laughs> anyway, and for any of you that are curious what I love to listen to on podcasts, I really love Joe Rogan. <laughs> I just love the Joe Rogan podcast. Not so much the MMA ones that he does, but he has some very um, just deep and thought-provoking. I love the conversations that he has with some people, and I meet very interesting people, um, not in person, but through his podcast, and I love 
I love that stuff. Anyway, so I spend a lot of time listening to podcasts during my day. I do still listen to Glenn Beck, and I know that bothers some of you because he's very <laughs> Republican. Actually, is he or is he more libertarian? Anyway, he's he comes across as very right wing, and to those that are like me, more more liberal in a lot of ways, it can drive <laughs> drive people crazy. For some reason, I'm one of those people that I can kind of uh, not be bothered by by some things while I enjoy other parts of, of who and what they are and what they offer. And then I just kind of, you know, fast forward the other kind of preachy sorts of sides to it. He has a lot of interesting opinions about things from a perspective of the right that it helps me realize that there are people on the right that are actually sane. <laughs> they're not all diabolical. They're not all haters. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a, I think a good person. And I, I like his thought and he doesn't go with the party all the time. And occasionally I listen to the Glenn Beck show. Um, what else do I listen to? I was listening to Sam Harris a little bit. Um, not as often, but Joe Rogan is my top. (laughs) Okay. All right. I love you guys. Bye for now. I love you. See you next week. My kids go back to school on Monday. So uh, my schedule will feel more normal even to me. Um, and I'm sad that they're going back to school already. The summer went way too quick. Okay. I love you. (laughs) Bye-bye.